0: This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN.
4: We welcome you back in. It is hour number two of the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM here from our Circus Sportsbook Studios in downtown Las Vegas. New location for the show here on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I'm Ben Wilson with you every Tuesday and Wednesday while Patrick Maher is enjoying uh, his brief time off. Michael Lombardi, he'll be back on the show as well with Patrick tomorrow. He starts his six-day-a-week stretch from Wednesday through Monday, beginning next week with the start of the NFL season, and so with us every Tuesday and some select Wednesdays, Mike Pritchard, you're going to be able to see Saturdays and Sundays as well with Brady Cannon on the Pro Football Blitz. Seems a little, it does seem a little harsh though, Mike, that it's the blitz, and you were the you were always a wide receiver who was you well, know, blowing up blitzes in your day. But, yeah, or
3: take advantage you know. of blitzes, right? I mean, I love what a team would blitz. That means it's one on one on on the outside. If we could hold up protection, yeah, uh, you got a big play on your hands. So. I welcome the Blitz. Come on, Mike let's Pritchard, go.
4: Big, fan, big fan of the Blitz, <laughs> clearly, here
3: at, uh, here at V-Cit.
4: Uh, we're still getting a lot of different uh, transactions coming around the league, just uh, filing in today. The one I know you just noticed during the break, Alex Leatherwood, who was uh, a lot of people had a lot of things to say yeah. on the Raiders, cutting bait with him after a disastrous rookie year at right tackle. Chicago Bears have claimed Leatherwood in a presumptive bottom five offensive line you can't blame them for taking a shot, right? And a guy no. who had a
3: lot of high upside coming out of school and just did not pan out in I, Vegas. I think he still has tremendous upside because he's a left tackle. You remember, the Raiders drafted him and made him play right tackle. I played with some Hall of Fame left tackles, uh, some Hall of Fame offensive linemen, uh, and they will tell you switching sides, it's like uh, you know you shave right with a razor. Are you right-handed or left-handed? Lefty. So yeah. say you tried to shave with your right hand, what would happen? You'd be all cut up, right? I mean, I would not be on air. <laughs> you wouldn't be on air. I actually you'd, just wouldn't be shaved. You'd be at one all. big bandage. I'd, I'd, just just I'd go caveman. Mode. There you yeah. go. So you have Alex Leatherwood trying to out, outline trophy uh, a winner uh, at left tackle, now going to right tackle, right? And then right guard. I mean, it's out of source. He's out of source. But, you know, by the Bears claiming him, I believe they're in the market for a left tackle. I think they're in the market for a lot. Uh, right, right. So uh, I think there's some upside right there. And, you know, pro tip, you know, if you don't like your situation as a young player, make it as difficult as possible to get out of there. <laughs> yeah. And I think that went on a little bit with Alex Leatherwood. He was not motivated at all. He lost some confidence. A lot of people were saying that. Uh, I just don't think he put up the effort because he knew he did not want to be with the Raiders. Yeah. Uh, and so he got claimed here with, by the Bears. We'll see what he can make of that situation now. I
4: don't know if Alex Otherwood is a VEASAN Pro subscriber, but maybe you can you can personally hand deliver that, <laughs> that pro tip to Alex in case okay. he's, uh, he's unable oh, to he's see it. He's fine on his own. Uh, he I he think got he out is, of a bad situation. He, well, he's out now, so he, sh- he should be yeah. good to go. Uh, as far as some other moves made by different teams, the PUP list, a big... Uh, a source of interest where we look at which which guys were activated, which guys are going to miss the first four games of the season. Another interesting name, a guy who was activated, He is going to begin on the active roster, but is still going to miss at least a couple of weeks, at least that's what we assume, is in Indianapolis. Formerly known as Darius, now goes by Shaquille Leonard. Has been one of the highest graded linebackers in the game by Pro Football Focus over the past few seasons. Big reason why, if you look at a lot of the positional grades, Indianapolis, a consensus top five linebacker unit. So you clearly would think, right, that for Indianapolis, even even without having the guy for, let's say, the first two weeks of the year, mm-hmm. they clearly, to me, Mike, with this, felt that his impact was so important they were willing to burn a roster spot to avoid having him to sit out. would have essentially been an extra couple of weeks, right, right? If, if that's how you interpret their usage there of the PUP list, which I don't know how many players get that kind of treatment, but Leonard has to be on the short list, at least I would think.
3: Yeah, I mean, he's an incredible playmaker defensively one. I mean, any opportunity you can have for him to be on the field, you're going to take it. Uh, and then also, I, I think from Shaq Leonard's standpoint, too, maybe he's on a pitch count uh, throughout the year because you got to manage that back. You have to. Uh, I don't know how you're going to do it, uh, but they're going to have to. It's like Urlacher with, with the neck, you know, after a while. You have to manage uh, some things, and um, and so it's unfortunate. But, uh, no, he's just a tremendous playmaker, and, and certainly with Gus Bradley's scheme, it's going to be about the front four or whatever he's going to do up front uh, and that secondary disguising Coverage one, which is man, uh, with three, right, is zone. Like, if you can disguise the coverages and and put pressure on a quarterback, then that quarterback's going to make mistakes because he could be thinking it's man-to-man but it's zone uh, and vice versa. So uh, mm-hmm. I think Shaq Bear is going to be uh, in a tremendous situation, but he's just got to manage that back and, and stay healthy. And what's, what's
4: interesting, too, so for Indianapolis, I wonder how much of this is a result of the soft schedule to start the year. Mm-hmm. And as much as, like, I'm still bitter, I had my in season Colts to make the playoffs bet at around plus 150. Right. They're giant, two you know, double digit, uh, two touchdown road favorites yeah. in Jacksonville last year, lose to miss the playoffs. I was knocked out of Survivor two years ago, week one, when they when they went to Jacksonville as well, lost outright. <laughs> but at Houston, at BetMGM, now up to eight-and-a-half-point favorites Indianapolis, mm-hmm. and you see where uh, Darius now, Shaquille Leonard is 20-to-one on the Defensive Player of the Year odds board, the sixth guy on that list at BetMGM. But you have Colts' eight-and-a-half-point favorites week one, four-point favorites of the books that are offering them for week two in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. How much of that is is baked in here, do you think, from the Colts' perspective? They're looking at this and saying, you know what? We feel really good about our chances early to get off to a two and zero start in division, two road games, and as a result, we can at least get him back again. Even if we're not, even if we're burning a roster spot, right. we have enough confidence. Like, would this have been different if they were coming right out of the gates and saying, saying maybe getting Tennessee week one, facing another really good AFC team in week two? Would it be different at all?
3: Well, not really. I mean, I think you're buying time with with uh, Shaq here, Leonard, and and so. Um... The whole cap for me with the Colts is the roster is complete. You know, Mm -hmm. last year was about the quarterback. The quarterback failed them in terms of making the playoffs. It wasn't so much the roster, even with injuries, right? And uh, now they feel pretty good about the quarterback situation. It's the same offensive and defensive line. Think about that. You've added uh, in the secondary. You've changed philosophies defensively, too. Uh, I think from a capping standpoint, Leonard's going to be banged up all year long. And that's how you got to look at it. You know, how, how, is he, how effective is he going to be? Or how much can he help this defense? And, and certainly, he's a playmaker. He will help them at times. But obviously, I, I don't know if it's going to be a full-time situation for Shaq uh, all year long. And that's when you think about, too, after
4: those first two games, right. Chiefs, Titans, Broncos. Mm-hmm. Chiefs, Titans at home, Broncos on the road. Those are weeks three through five. Presumably, in the hope in Indianapolis, is that is when Leonard makes his debut. Well, how many plays a game do you think he'll be but out there? That, but that's... Yeah. a Secondary right, question. Right, I don't right. know how that's going to work out. It is funny too. I you see them favorite eight and a half week one. You got to you got to think. Lovey Smith knows that in the Houston locker room, doesn't it? You know the personnel as we talked about is not nearly uh, at even at the midpoint of the league. Most people would say Houston Texans bottom five overall roster in the league. I, I think about that because I we go back to what uh, Marcus Freeman will we'll will cue up uh, the press conference clip from the other day where the reporters told Marcus Freeman the Notre Dame head coach. When they said, hey coach, you know you're 17 and a half point uh, underdogs leads into kind of an interesting philosophy. I want to get your thoughts here on a second uh, because we have this clip from Marcus Freeman the other day. Pretty telling, his, his response when he was asked the question by the local media.
3: Well, I didn't know that I'm going to write that down. You said 17 and a half points, right? <laughs> we'll use that in a team meeting today, you know. Um, it's good to know. You know, I haven't paid much attention to the spread, but I remember that one time we were on college game day. I said, just keep making go up and up.
4: 17 and okay. a half. There we right, go, but right, So yeah. when you played, it wasn't, the spreads were not, near, it, we didn't have VEASAN, we didn't have legalized sports betting <laughs> right. for most of the country. It was not like a, a widely known thing. But what do you think now that we're into this era where, yeah, the information is readily available I'm, and coaches yeah.
3: using this as a
4: motivational tactic?
3: Well, you need it. I mean, Notre Dame, needs it. Like you said, I'm going to write that down and let everybody know about it. But uh, I, look, I, I think every NFL coach has every publication that's out there and every, Thing that's written and said about them comes across your desk, uh, including the point spread back in my day. I mean, certainly uh, you can see it everywhere now. Um, but uh, I, look, I, I go back to what you want to do and what you can do is completely different. Like we're going to use this as motivation, but is it going to help? Really, um, I, I don't know. I mean, what what you can do against Ohio State is going to be completely different, uh, and he knows that. He's up against it. I, I just don't think he has enough players. Um, from a competitive standpoint against Ohio State, Ohio State's prime right. uh, and ready to go this year. So, uh, yeah, it, you know, motivation is a big thing in football. Uh, certainly, emotions is a big thing in football. I mean, you can settle yourself down and the other teams making mistakes uh, that can play into your favor. But I don't know how uh, Notre Dame's going to pressure <laughs> yeah. Ohio State into a lot of mistakes at home. That's kind of what we talked about yesterday. The, the, the 17
4: would appear to be justified, 17, 17 and a half. Up from near the 14, 14 and a half point mark. Mm. I just think too. I mean, think about how you could, if you're a better, you could right. easily, like you could use that whatever you want and say, oh, yeah. clearly motivational. If you, oh, yeah. if you want to talk yourself into an underdog, you can just presume every single coach who's a big underdog sure. is telling the guys just that. But it goes the other way too, right? <laughs> I mean, if you're Ryan Day, you're saying, all right, guys, see, we're favored by 17. Like the book, they expect us to absolutely hammer these guys. Right. You can't, you know, you can't let up at all just because they're, you know, they're inflating your ego. You guys aren't that good. Like, doesn't it go both ways when yeah, you think about it does. where like the sources of motivation, I'm mm-hmm. sure you had coaches that found at least tried to find sources of motivation
3: all over the place, both good and bad. I had the best, uh, Bill McCartney. Um, and I'll give you a great story here, Ben. I mean, uh, we had not beaten OU in Norman in a long, long time. And, and this is a year in which, you, you know, you're looking at a season, my junior year, is that we could go mm-hmm. undefeated and go play for the national championship. Uh, Coach Mack had a meeting with us, everybody on the travel squad, one by one. And after that meeting, if you passed that meeting, if you said what you needed to say, he gave you a t-shirt. And he says, I want you to wear this on a plane. But you thought as a player that it was just your specific t-shirt, right? We got on a plane, or we got to the buses, and everybody had the t-shirt on. And it said things had changed. He says, I want you to wear that t-shirt. Because when we get off the bus in Norman, Oklahoma, and we're going to that stadium, uh, and the cameras are right there, I want OU, and I want everybody to see that T-shirt. Things have changed. What you want to do and what you can do is completely different. We knew we could beat down Oklahoma, and we put it on our chest. I don't see Marcus Freeman doing that right now. I'm going to write this down. Uh, Yeah, we'll use that, but I don't know if that's going to help us against Ohio State. But when you have a mindset in which you know it's going to help you, then you put it on your chest and you wear it proudly. That's amazing.
4: <laughs> October twenty eighth, right? 1989, 20 to three. You guys yeah, went didn't even score a
3: touchdown. Norm- didn't even home.
4: score a touchdown. No, I'm trying. They didn't to, have a chance. Trying. To, I was trying to find the spread on that game, but I think they start. Okay. I think our our database goes back to like nineteen ninety. Okay. So you yeah. you
3: were a little bit. He didn't little, need to mention sure. the point spread. You didn't
4: even need to no. mention it. That is a, it.
3: that's fascinating. Bill McCartney.
4: <laughs> The Gospel of Mac, great stuff, 30 for 30. Mike Pritchard, part of that 30 for 30. I encourage everybody to check uh, check that out. Love the insight from Mike Pritchard. We're going to uh, talk some MVP curses. Is that a real thing in the NFL? We'll talk next on Lombardi Line.
5: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening
0: to The Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi.
4: Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? The betting splits page is updated every 10 minutes. So you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match the public opinion. You can, not, you can check out not only today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. So check out today's betting splits for every game. At vcin.com. Back on the Lombardi line, I'm Ben Wilson. In Tuesdays and Wednesdays for Patrick Maher, Mike Pritchard with us as well. Going to be a, a weekly a contributor on a bunch of different shows here on most Tuesdays, some Wednesdays as well. Uh, really excited to uh, hang out, talk football with you all fall. Absolutely. I mean, I know go. right now we've got a wall yeah. of tennis matches. Yeah, right I'm go. trying to talk Pritch in, talk him into the tennis. And we did have somebody reach out to Brian M on Twitter saying, Pritch, if you need some violence, just wait until the Kyrios match does. Okay. Mike Pritchard that, was complaining earlier up, right? about a, lo- a lack of violence in tennis. That match is coming up soon, Coming right? uh, against okay. Benjamin Bonzi, the Frenchman, at 225 uh, Eastern.
3: Tennis rackets be thrown. What's going to happen? Oh,
4: Smashing rackets. Really? Okay. Guys getting, you know, trying to peg guys with the ball. You just, you know, just okay. firing. <laughs> I like it. Meanwhile, though. Pritchard, you know, he, he's he's trying to break down the, uh, the attire of the Frenchman Grenier versus the Italian
3: Berrettini right now. And I'm like, come on. Just. What else can you break down? Seriously. They're trying to hit the ball over the net. Um, yeah. What deep in the in the court? Yeah, right. Court depth, um, first serve percentage. Okay, it's a big deal. Okay, percentage of second serves won. Come right. on, there's, there's
4: there's a deep dive you can get in, uh, get into this. <laughs> yes, my thirty to one long shot, Matteo Berrettini on the men's side. Down a set to none, so I'm against Hugo Grenier. Not sure if that's how we pronounce it, but I'm a little upset right now. Uh, We'll see if he gets it back. So we transition to the <laughs> MVP discussion. So Mike, Mike Pritchard's not. My, you're not betting any tennis, but no. you might. Uh, you might have a bet on the MVP this year. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We talked about value on the uh, rookie of the year market a little bit earlier, at least on the offensive side, where you think uh, to recap that Malik Willis might have a little bit of value at fifty to one. How about the MVP market? And we noticed some uh, some very interesting trends. We usually talk about this. In the postseason, if an MVP who has won is then in the playoffs, but uh, after a season ago, where you think about, I mean, think about the Packers' struggles in the playoffs with Aaron Rodgers winning uh, MVPs, it has continued the trend here where we have not seen an MVP winner actually win the Super Bowl. Amazingly, now going on 23 years, Mike, mm-hmm. since 1999, Kurt Warner was the last to do it. What it, and this, these? I mean, you look at this list. At least the really the top seven guys on the list uh, you can go really as far back down to yeah, Emmett Smith in 93 those those five different guys in the 90s all when you were playing yeah certainly different era of football but it doesn't it kind of match though with how it, at the time you saw a long stretch of uh, futility by the AFC it wasn't until the Broncos upset the Packers in 97 that you had an AFC team it was like a what a 12 year drought something like that and you had a lot of double digit point spreads in the Super Bowl but those are those, that's kind of how we think about this in general, and I'm sure that's where this probably started, right? This general thought of, oh, if you're going to win the MVP, you're probably going to bet on a team you think who wins the Super Bowl, right? Kind of goes back to some of those stretches where the Favre, Youngs, TD, Warners of the world were just part of
3: these dominant behemoth teams that don't really exist anymore. Yeah, I mean, you, you had uh, opportunities. Certainly, Cam Newton had an opportunity. Uh, you want to think about that along the way. Uh, Tom Brady had plenty of opportunities. Peyton Manning too. I mean uh but they didn't win super bowls you know their mvps and you know you think about the last couple of years aaron Rodgers winning mvp you got to get to the super bowl right? but uh, back in the 90s it was different because i, I think uh you're looking at the the path to like when steve young and you know you go down the list here of all these guys before that won the mvp uh they were leading them te- their teams to the super bowl too on top of that but uh you get to the super bowl i mean sean alexander another great example right there too on the board but uh it's, it's fascinating, MVP, such a quarterback award now, too, uh, that uh, it's going to be difficult. I mean, you, you could have made a case that Cooper Cup could have had a chance at it, but certainly he didn't win MVP, but you look at the Super Bowl MVP, mm-hmm. right? But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if any other position other than quarterback is, is, is the way to think about this award. So, um, yeah, it's, it's fascinating, too, because Matt, our producer, mentioned the fact that Kurt was the last guy to do it. It's a curse. It is a curse. Uh, and then he was one of those guys that had a chance to do it, uh, beat that curse. But uh, no, it's it's fascinating though. I mean, the regular season are certainly completely different than what we've seen in the postseason lately. And you think too, it's not even the last few years. It, it's
4: been 2017 yeah. the last time you even had an MVP winner make the Super Bowl. Right. So it it has been at least the recent trend over the last five years has mm-hmm. been. Early, early postseason futility has kind of been the calling card for some of these MVP winners. We, we showed it a moment ago where, uh, yeah, it was Brady in 17, the last guy who was had won an MVP, mm-hmm. who then lost in the Super Bowl. So it leads us into some of these uh, interesting markets at BetMGM, one of which is if if you want to go into the parlay, that is not hit. This parlay is not hit in any way, even if you were selecting the right guy. Right. It's not hit since 1999, and that parlay I don't even think was offered in 1999. But if you want to bet on somebody to both win the MVP, And the Super Bowl, the options of which there are six Allen and the Bills at 35 to 1, Brady and the Bucks 40 to 1, Mahomes and the Chiefs 50 to 1. These are all quarterbacks, as Mm -hmm. as you would have alluded to there, uh, Pritch. Rodgers and the Pack 80 to 1, Herbert and the LA Chargers 100 to 1, Wilson and the Broncos 150 to 1. I think everything we said. Uh, probably sets up the fact that it would be unwise to bet any of these. You're just going to want to either bet a team in a future market or a quarterback in the MVP market, and that is it. Yeah, but unless you think the number is just so intriguing that you're essentially parlaying these two together
3: and you would feel like there's some value. But think about it. I mean, Aaron Rodgers at 80-1, to one, win the go-3-peat right there, back uh, MVP, and then get to the Super Bowl, or win it. Okay. I mean, that's, that's long, right? But what about Justin Herbert? So it's interesting because odds to win the NFL MVP – and win the Super Bowl Justin Herbert is a hundred to one for them to get to the Super Bowl he probably has to win a VP right think so yeah I mean it's a long shot but you know then he's got to cap it off and win the Super Bowl too though that's that's the I guess the difficult part about the bet that you got to yeah. consider here um, Russell Wilson another thing I mean that's maybe that's why they're so long but you know for the Denver Broncos to get to the Super Bowl He's going to have to win MVP, but yet can they win the Super Bowl? Who are they playing against? That kind of thing, right? And, okay, the odds to get to the Super Bowl, too, in the AFC. Yeah, go through Buffalo, and you think about uh, Patrick Mahomes. uh, So it's a difficult bet, but it's not a bet that I would just discount. I mean, I would look at a parlay situation uh, in, in terms of the long shot. Like, I mean, why go short here? Uh, with Josh Allen or shorter, I mean, I'd, I'd look right. at it from Justin Herbert and Russell Wilson. So you'd,
4: you'd yeah, you'd be looking further, further down the list. And what you think about too, like if you were, so I'm seeing at least a bet MGM. Herbert is your fourth shot right now, plus eight fifty to win the MVP award this season. Chargers, I'm seeing them about the the fourteen uh, to one range or so. So right. if you were doing that there, if you were, you know, just parling those together, that is. Uh, at least, just on the surface, about 140 to one. Mm-hmm. So you're, you know, you're sort of again with these, like you're getting cheated out of the actual math here and yeah. the actual payoff, which is why I would say, like, and I, you know, I learned this the hard way last year, Mike. I had a, you know, I had like the exact Super Bowl matchups become a very sexy, trendy thing to bet in the off season mm-hmm. when you have nothing but time on your hands and you're like, <laughs> how do I bet these? So I had a Rams Browns to be the okay. Super Bowl matchup last year. I think it was in the 70 to one range, and I'm thinking, oh, that's awesome. And then you you realize oh you're just parlaying NFC and AFC champion bets together, and it's like oh well, if I had just you know thrown a, thrown a bet on twelve to one on each of the Rams and the Browns obviously one of those cash and right. the Browns didn't even give me a chance to hedge out of that because they didn't even make the playoffs so you could make the argument like even even the um, you know the money you're sacrificing the hundred to one that you're taking here well you could argue that gives you more of an ability to hedge if a guy is going to win the MVP and you get into the postseason the one issue I would counter to that is you don't actually know, like the awards don't actually come out right. until the night before the Super Bowl. So unless a guy has just odds on, you know, minus 2,000, that is the one difficult part of that from a math standpoint. But, you but kinda, I get what you're saying yeah, from you the long know shot.
3: It. Yeah, because you kind of know it now, like for the charges to get to the Super Bowl, like who else is going to win MVP? I, I mean, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, so you can anticipate that, like Russell Wilson, uh, the, the MVP market moved once he got traded. Uh, 14 for, to 1 to 14 an, to an MVP, one now. Yeah, yeah so... Uh, if the Broncos get to the Super Bowl, it's going to be because of Russell. And certainly, if they win the Super Bowl, it's going to be because of Russell. And I think MVP voters look at that uh, when they're voting. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is capable of getting any team to the Super Bowl. Uh, 13 win seasons, three years in a row. And, uh, you know, Tom Brady's obviously on the board. Uh, it's shorter, you know. But uh, at 35-1, even with Josh Allen, I mean, it's appealing. But, uh, you know, that's a tough schedule to begin the year with. And you wonder what the MVP situation is going to do and change. But coming from where Justin Herbert and Russell Wilson already are, uh, it's intriguing one hundred to one and yeah, one hundred and fifty to one. It. With this, parlaying.
4: so like I said, Herbert, it's about one. The, the true odds, if you're parlaying his actual MVP and, and team Super Bowl odds, about one forty-one to one. Wilson's because the Broncos are sixteen to one. <laughs> Wilson's yeah. true odds are 250, 254 to one. Yeah. So again, right. like as you get longer and longer on these, the I mean, I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. The at least the numbers value kind of goes away. But it is probably more likely that at least the path you laid out—you right. could see it where those are going to be the guys who specifically are leading their teams uh, to a Super Bowl. Have you made by the? Have you made a like a? If you, even if you haven't bet it, like do you do you have conviction on who you think MVP or Super Bowl champ is going to be? No, this year?
3: no, I have a bet on uh, Jameis Winston for comeback player of the year already. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So, I like that. Uh, I haven't really. I, have, I don't have an opinion on mvp yet not yet no, well not good yet. news
4: is we're yeah. gonna have a big old tuesday preview show next week where <laughs> yes. I, I expect mike Pritchard to be ready for all of his <laughs> season-long predictions yeah that's your homework you, got, you only have six days to do it mike i think you okay. could do it uh, up next we're going to be joined by our good pal of ours ben brown returns to the show from pro football focus as we break down all sorts of props and futures markets getting ready for the start of the nfl season that is next here on the lombardi line
0: Listening to the Lombardi line
4: on vSIN featuring
0: former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
4: It's football season, and bettors know that this is when the money is made. Nobody knows football like VEASAN, and now's the time to become a VEASAN subscriber and get our comprehensive college and pro guides. Only VEASAN subscribers get all the tools to prep for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Sign up early, and for a discount at $175, you'll receive both guides and full VEASAN access all the way through the Super Bowl. Or join us for $40 a month and see everything VEASAN has to up your betting game. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network. As we welcome you back, I'm Ben Wilson. Once again, in on Tuesdays and Wednesdays here for Patrick Maher with the former NFL wideout, Mike Pritchard. Really excited here for the start of NFL season. We're eight days away, Pritch. Yes, Final sir. day of August. Yep. When, yep. We're, when we're back together next Tuesday, it's going to be like prediction time, week one time, a lot. A lot will
3: be happening. So Yeah, am not wait, man. Um, I know we got college football right around the corner, really, literally. Uh, but then pro football starts out oh, next week. Yeah, cannot I can't wait. Tell. He's
4: getting a tingling. He's, oh, yeah. Mike's like, I only have to watch this tennis crap two more days, even though I love it. You know, we will not it. have tennis on in here. We will, we will, we will probably, not have tennis probably, on in here.
3: probably
4: will not, uh, at least starting next week. Uh, for now, though, to help us with our season prep of the National Football League season, it is Ben Brown who joins us from Pro Football Focus headquarters right now at PFF HQ. He is at PFF underscore Ben Brown on Twitter as we welcome him in. Uh, ben, I want to first get your your thoughts on a couple of interesting PUP topics where we, we discussed the show earlier today. Tredavious White going to miss the f- first four weeks, and we assume the Colts, even though Darius Leonard is active, uh, Shaquille Leonard now activated, he'll still miss the first two weeks of the year. A bigger absence, in your opinion, and their specific impact to their teams, is it White in Buffalo or is it Leonard there in India?
6: I definitely think of Stavius White. Obviously, we saw them, you know, perform uh, at least decently well in his absence last year. Uh, drafted Kyrie Elam as well, but uh, I still think having, you know, multiple uh, top-end type cornerbacks is really the only way that they're going to, you know, arrive once again as the top five uh, defense. I do think that getting out of the AFC uh, is That's going to be needed is basically having you know three or four solid cornerbacks that can kind of slow down uh, some of these aerial attacks that we're going to see coming out of the AFC. So Shadavious White's definitely my answer in that particular situation. Hopefully, Kyriem can kind of uh, emerge quickly as the rookie cornerback that everyone you know maybe thinks that he can be. But uh, I think there's definitely going to be question marks and hiccups until we get Shadavious White back in that defensive
3: fold. Speaking of question marks and hiccups, potentially, potentially here, Ben. Uh, looking at this week one matchup uh, with the Steelers uh, and the Bengals. It's a big number, in my opinion. It's six and a half. Uh, Cincinnati's laying it, uh, 44 and a half to total. But Cincinnati, we know about Burrow. not a lot of time in training camp. And and I know they're immensely talented. I get this. Uh, and they're improved on paper on an offensive line standpoint. Then you have Pittsburgh that I think still trying to figure it out with the offensive line and maybe some defensive players too. But a big number, though. I mean, going into the regular season off the preseason – uh, strategies that you're using when it comes to lines like this in a divisional matchup?
6: Yeah, definitely. I do think, you know, um, if, when we see it kind of move up to that seven-point differential, that makes me really nervous from the Cincinnati Bengals backing them. Uh, I think, you know, if we hear news on it, whether it's going to be Mitchell Trubisky or, uh, you know, Kenny Pickett, that's going to kind of impact my handicap as well. I do think Kenny Pickett offers uh, a little bit more upside for this offense. Unfortunately, uh, you know, seen injuries to Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, Uh, kind of the the core and even Najee Harris, kind of the core of this, you know, offensive weaponry that kind of needs to get familiar with Kenny Pickett. So I'm a little more bullish on Cincinnati. I know Joe Burrow uh, still kind of has some lingering injury issues, but uh, I think they're going to be able to put it all together. I know that they are, you know, once again, it's going to be a high variance explosive play type team. I do think they're going to be able to get, uh, you know, their vixen against the Steelers defense that may be a little bit banged up as well. So I think anything, you know, Under seven, I do think uh, the Bengals are probably uh, the correct play to kind of lay that number.
4: Oh, yeah, and Ben Brown, betting analyst at Pro Football Focus, joining the show on the Lombardi line right now. And it does kind of lead us into Ben, to thinking about for these early season situations, you have 10 new coaches in the NFL, injury situations now. We have some more clarity on those and, and personnel heading in here to week one. Is there a team or two that is kind of in, regardless of the matchup here, in a general sense, a team you're looking to fade here in these first few weeks that you believe might take some time to get the cohesion in order?
6: Yeah, I do think... um, I'm not necessarily fading them, but I do think, you know, the... The idea that Denver is basically going to come in here and be uh, this juggernaut type offense with Russell Wilson, that quarterback, you know, Nathaniel Hackett coming in as a new head coach. Uh, there's a lot of things that they need to get right. I do think they start off a little bit slow. We have seen, you know, their week one matchup against Seattle uh, move pretty dramatically in their direction. I think it open up right around, you know, minus four for Denver up to six, six and a half in some spots. I'm not necessarily playing Seattle side because they're a team that I'm, you know, very, very low on as well. But I think. You know, getting going for Denver the first couple of weeks of the season, I think we're definitely going to see some hiccups. have had some injury situations at wide receiver as well. So I think the time that it's going to take them to gel uh, might be just a little bit too long to the point where they're not going to be able to maybe compete with some of, you know, the top teams in the AFC West. So that's one team I'm definitely excited to fade. And I think, you know, everybody's kind of on board with this one as well. But the Tennessee Titans, uh, definitely do for some regression i think you know uh ryan cannell has been really good in the right spots in play action and everything else but uh, i think the loss of a.j brown could be kind of catastrophic to that offense and defensively uh, i just don't think they have enough playmakers especially you know in the back half of their secondary relying on some guys uh that were injured last year so i think the titans uh, are a pretty popular fate and i do think even in week one their match against the new york giants i think the giants uh, are definitely a playable spot there, plus five and a half.
3: Yeah, how about that? Ben, we're seeing a, a line climb a little bit with Carolina um, and Cleveland. Uh, certainly a lot of people are talking about that matchup, right? And uh, I'm just curious about the entire season for Carolina because last year I might have been too early. I you know, I, I thought they could uh, do some things last year with Darnold. They did. They got out to a 3-0 and start but then faltered. Uh, now you have Baker. I mean, even with a hot start, uh, do you see this roster? Do you see this team? Uh, with uh, staying power, uh, if you will, for the season this year?
6: Yeah, it definitely all comes down to Baker Mayfield, right? I do think if we get uh, close to the 2020 version of uh, Baker Mayfield, they can definitely be uh, a playoff-type contending team in what I think is a really weak, nfc you know conference and also nfc South division. so uh, i think that they have you know at least the pieces in place offensively i still believe in dj Moore. uh obviously christian mccaffrey getting him back and healthy and actually having him play uh you know the entirety of the regular season is going to be a pretty big boon for them if that actually happens as well but uh yeah i see it at least from the lineman perspective i get why carolina is kind of a favorite right now and i do think that Buying into them a little bit uh, definitely makes a lot of sense from a betting perspective.
4: And as we transition as well, Ben, into some of the Week One general thoughts here, it is—it's pretty wild. You look at the card. I don't know if the NFL schedule makers did this to us as bettors on purpose, uh, just as a say. All right, you, you guys are ready, you know, ready for a betting explosion. We'll have fun with ten different road favorites here in Week One, and there's a bunch too, Ben, that are in that six and a half, seven-point mold. You've talked about a couple of them uh, of the ones we haven't discussed. Like you have Baltimore uh, looking like a seven-point favor right now, San. Francisco, seven-point favorite, Niners in Chicago, Baltimore uh, in New York, and a few other situations as well. Which of those uh, spots in particular for Week 1 would scare you the most, where you know a lot of betters are going to be either teasing down those big favorites or putting a lot of those teams in money line parlays?
6: Yeah, definitely. I think it's San Francisco, right? And, um, you know, we, we everyone kind of was buying into, you know, this upside-type narrative for Trey Lance, I quarterback with San Francisco, and I do think that it's definitely valid, uh, but there was a ton of downside risk Associated with Trey Lance being the starting quarterback in San Francisco, that the market wasn't necessarily taking into full account uh, or or really pricing in at all whatsoever. And I do think, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo obviously uh, is the insurance type bet, the hedge type play on that downside risk if Trey Lance does start off, uh, uh, you know, a little bit rougher than what people imagine. Uh, But there's still going to be, you know, these week one matches. We could definitely see some of those hiccups. And I do think that uh, the fact that, you know, the San Francisco 49ers decided that they could utilize Jimmy Garoppolo as the backup quarterback here, uh, I think it maybe speaks a little bit to their confidence in Trey Lance and how well he's going to develop and hit some of those ceiling type performance outcomes that, you know, a lot of people are pricing in, but may not necessarily be uh, the correct expectation. So I think San Francisco week one, I know uh, nobody wants to buy into uh, the Chicago Bears. They don't really have any playmakers at the wide receiver position uh, to speak of, but I do think Justin Fields looked uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good, I would say, so far in the preseason. I do think that's going to carry over into what could be, you know, a more competitive uh, week one match than what the books are pricing them right now.
3: Ben, got about a minute left. Um, real quick about your read on the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, right now they're plus three and a half without DeAndre Hopkins, by the way, because uh, KC, just your read on the Cardinals. Yeah,
6: I think it's general, I'd like them to maybe compete for the NFC West title. Week one here uh, against Kansas City. I think Kansas City is a little bit short. Uh, Right now, opened at minus three, up to three and a half. I think I would take anything, you know, Kansas City up to four and a half, maybe even five. I do think they handle business, but Arizona's definitely a team that uh, I know it's not going to be popular, but uh, I would maybe be buying into more so in the second half of the season, uh, given the narrative surrounding them.
4: Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben Brown joining us, betting analyst there at Pro Football Focus. Give him a follow at PFF underscore Ben Brown. He's been a frequent guest here on the network and we appreciate him uh, back once again doing spots for us here into 2022 ben great to catch up as always and i'm sure we'll be seeing you here around the network uh, in many many uh, additional spots to come
6: yep definitely thanks guys have a great show
4: absolutely appreciate it and up to i see one book in particular mike kansas city chiefs behind us circus Sportsbook in nevada four and a half now (laughs) wow Okay. That is a point off from everyone. So <laughs> for, for some right. big action coming in on the Chiefs, up to four and a half in Arizona sure, week one.
3: Sure, How about that? Mike, he's trying to wrap his head around it. Like, well, no, uh, everything else is going to move there. I mean,
4: obviously, I'm going chop around. I have to think that that's the number you probably see that, uh, that game settle at. Yeah. Uh, speaking of individual games, we're going to talk some of the top college football games in week one as we wrap up the show right after this here on the Lombardi Line.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. Because you gotta think, Love he's it. gonna guard. He don't care about guarding.
3: He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the exactly. Olympics, he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of it,
0: like that, see that,
5: ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Casella. Point game. I remember you came to my room
2: crying, tears, crying tears. <laughs> I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what you know? I told you? I said, I said, O. G. You think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Did I admit?
4: BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points. You can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? You can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks. When you wager on the BetMGM app, sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM awards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. As we're back for the final time on the Lombardi Line to wrap up the show, I'm Ben Wilson, along with Mike Pritchard. Been a, been a blast the last couple of days, yeah, Mike, uh, hanging out with you. We'll be with you every single Tuesday. The two of us from the Circus Sportsbook Studios in Las Vegas, Patrick Maher, Michael Lombardi, uh, back tomorrow on the show. Big thanks as well to our producer Matt Santos, technical director Andrew Ingold, uh, Michael Miranda, outstanding audio engineer as well. All the whole crew here at the uh, Circus Sportsbook Studio. Rob Moreno's helping me sweat my Matteo Baratini. Uh, he's about to get 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 back into this match he's about to win the second set. Up five. How do you one. help each other sweat out a tennis match? It's just it's just reciprocal fist okay. pumps from behind it the, the glass. Is the vibe and all that? Yeah, okay. of course. Okay. It's a big tennis. It's a you talk about mental sports, man. <laughs> right. I mean, it's I, when I played, it was just you do anything to
3: get in an opponent's set. Can you share Same an adult deal. beverage after watching tennis? Oh yeah, can you? of course. Okay. What do you mean? Can you? I, kind of... Maybe some lemonade or something. I don't know. That's that's called a that's called a John Daly. Wouldn't you okay. spike the lemonade? That's how that's how you <laughs> well, do it's it. Just a regular lemonade. It's
4: tennis. Yeah, but. Come on, don't be so, don't be so players, naive.
3: How many tennis players are featured in beer commercials or, uh, or? You're going to have to, you're going to okay. have to fly overseas and right. check that out for yourself. Okay. Yeah,
4: probably don't, I'd yeah. be surprised. It's more like <laughs>
3: Rolex and Lacoste uh, is,
4: what, is what the feature is there. Uh, so we're looking at, uh, yeah, so that, that is still going. Mike is now headfirst deep diving. You are into college football, pro football, NFL season coming up mm-hmm. here. Uh, we talked earlier, just our general thoughts, importance on value, evaluating early down success and how that specific a deep dive analytic department can be somewhat predictive of general team success going forward but there also is the question of just from a general sense outside of maybe one specific uh, piece of uh, you know analytic data do you look at, Mike, when you're thinking from early season here as we start doing our previews and making our final thoughts on these teams and what is to come in 2022, what do you want to see first few weeks from some of these NFL teams that maybe could be something that uh, indicates a bet on going yeah. forward in the season?
3: Well, you know, the analytics stuff I think will, will appear at some point during the year. But for me right now, out of the gate, uh, it's about continuity, uh, certainly, because we didn't see a lot of teams uh, in the preseason. So if you think about the Rams, they're relying on continuity. They're relying on the fact that they had great practices through training camp, did not have to go out there in a, in a preseason game uh, and, and work on things. You know, Buffalo on the other side, uh, they had a couple series and Josh looked great because you had to do that with Ken Dorsey now calling plays. Uh, but they seem settled down. So there's still continuity, even though though uh, Dayball is gone uh, out there in Buffalo uh, because you're going to need that on the road uh, in that environment against the Rams uh, Week One. So I want to see the continuity aspect uh, reveal itself early on, and then. Uh, you think about, and Ben alluded to this with the Broncos, Russell Wilson has not been on the field and live game situation with these new players. Practice has gone great. You know, the offseason people can talk that up too, but it's not the same speed. Right. And, and I'll make an argument that Lockett and Metcalf were a better duel than what he has right now. Like if Tim Patrick mm-hmm. was healthy, I, I would feel better about uh, the matchups for the Broncos, but with Sutton uh, on one side and Jerry Judy, who needs to elevate his game remains to be seen what that's going to look like. And that environment with Russell and his emotions too. So there could be an opportunity right there uh, from a betting standpoint, because it's going to be the big reveal of that offense with Russell Wilson. I just want to see what that looks like.
4: Well, and isn't the reality too, as much as we discuss analytics and how they can help inform our opinions Mm -hmm. from the, from the betting markets on these teams early on the data oftentimes can be misleading and you just don't have enough of a sample size to really make any key conclusions. And mm-hmm. Carolina last year would be the great example where, sure, on, say, the football outside is the DVOA numbers. They were number one in overall DVOA because it was beating up on a soft schedule and they were extremely opportunistic defensively. 3-0 and start. That teams win that team wins two games the rest right. of the year. So naturally, when you're betting to start the season, you really it's it's really an error if you're as much as we talk about the importance of analytics, you can't rely solely on the numbers, especially right. early on in the season. You have to be ready to pivot on certain teams based on what you thought early, mm-hmm. but you don't necessarily want to use just the numbers to dictate that, I would say. So that's where what you talk about continuity being a big factor. I don't what do you look in for coaches as well? Because we have 10 new coaches. Yeah. I mean, that's probably this year more than a lot of years we've seen in, in recent
3: history going to be a very big talking point early, too. I think it's better as we're going to see the league uh, kind of mimic itself. Like, uh, uh, you know, underneath the surface, what what has been talked about uh, in league circles in regards to what teams want to do. For instance, McDaniel going there down down to Miami as a head coach, right? I mean, uh, this wide zone running scheme, you're going to see that everywhere. New England's running it. Bill Belichick in New England's running it. So it's like, what the Rams are doing, everybody else wants to do now. What, what what Shanahan is doing, everybody else is doing right now. Because underneath the surface throughout the whole offseason, people were inquiring about how are the San Francisco 49ers so successful running a football. Uh, and they want to duplicate that. They want to run They want a game like that. So don't be shocked if you see a, a lot of the San Francisco offense spread across the league this year. Yeah. Uh, with, with players like the Visca Chenault being... Uh, Debo Samuel or, or some other players, Tyreek Hill even. Uh, we might see him as a running back at times, right? And so don't be shocked with that and don't be surprised by that. But I think as better as we can take advantage of that, uh, certainly from a player prop standpoint. Um, but then just the philosophy, the overall philosophy, and from an offensive standpoint, uh, everybody's trying to copy everybody. Yeah. Uh, and that's just uh, discussion a lot, you know, amongst retired players, current players, <laughs> and certainly... Right. Uh, you think about analysts you, that are out there. As you well. pick
4: up on that so much quicker than any of us. Like you you look at something, you are like, "Oh, we ran," you know, "we ran that yeah. in 1998." I am like, mm-hmm. "Wait, what, seriously?" The, and it's amazing how when you actually look at and you can identify this uh, so quickly. It's like, yeah, in a lot of ways, playbooks never really change. It's more just an evolving of the same sort of concepts, even if they look different on the field. Yeah. And so at least it's for dress us, uh,
3: they'll dress called, it up. Yeah, yeah. we you, we can run the same thing out of five wide receivers with a spread formation that we can with two tight ends, one back. You can run this exact same thing. So it's about dress up. It's about matchups getting to that point. And then certainly scheme uh, is going to take over as we start the year uh, in the Mm -hmm. month of September. So for early on,
4: continuity Mm -hmm. and how successful, especially for new coaches, being able to integrate a lot of new principles that have been successful in the National Football League, but how they're able to work those into their own systems, uh, big things to watch for early. Our pro tip this hour, we all—I mean, every every minute of the show is basically one giant Mike Pritchard mm-hmm. pro tip. But <laughs> our specific pro tip, uh, you can you can catch uh, for all of our Veasan Pro subscribers at Veasan.com. One single uh, pro tip every single hour here on Veasan—they're available. Uh, you can sort them by sport and by show. Veasan.com for our VEASAN Pro subscribers. Uh, As we wrap up the show today, Mike, we have college football starting tomorrow in earnest with the week one games. We had a little uh, taste of it in week zero. Of the Thursday games, we talked about one really interesting matchup yesterday in West Virginia in Pitt. There's really only one game, though, that has a a conference game with a tight line. That West Virginia Pitt game up to about eight. Panthers laying it at home against uh, the Mountaineers pretty much market-wide. How about in West Lafayette, though, where you have two teams where, and I feel like this has been somewhat of a theme of our college football previews, not really sure what to expect out of these teams, but Penn State's length three and a half in West Lafayette Mm -hmm. against a Purdue team that has Aiden O'Connell back second best uh, completion percentage in the Big Ten a season ago over 3,700 yards, 28 touchdowns. And the market has moved a little bit from five down to three and a half. Money yeah. coming in on the Boilermakers' night game at Ross Aid there in West Lafayette. Uh, what do you expect Ooh. from a, a Purdue-Penn State matchup? We remember how good the Nittany Lions got off to a, of a start last year, five and zero, and yeah. then uh, once Sean Clifford, the quarterback,
3: got hurt, it was all downhill from there, and a seven and six record. Well, that game against Illinois too did them in, right? I mean, uh, the overtime situation. But uh, no, Penn State collapsed, and then yeah, I think they're searching for themselves a little bit. Uh, and then you have that the entire offseason. Uh, Purdue, they have nothing but excitement and uh, everything is exciting in front of them, right? Even, including that quarterback guy. Home field uh, to start in college football, especially if you think you're good. Uh, what you can do versus uh, what you want to do. I mean, it's so, so prevalent today in theme of our show, really. Uh, but I think Purdue has a great, great chance on this stage for themselves uh, against the, this type of opponent. Uh, to really put uh, their best foot forward too. I mean, this is a game that you mm-hmm. that you just want to be ready for. It's different than the National Football League one. When, when you look at Buffalo and the Rams, we're happy that we're playing that game because we're healthy. I mean, this this game, this type of game for Purdue, I think is everything uh, to kickstart their season. So uh, I look at that line right there. I mean, that's incredible. Uh, but a home dog situation there for Purdue. It, yeah, if you're getting uh, that's it over, right? if you're
4: getting it over a field right. goal as well. Think about Penn State, eleven and eleven last two mm-hmm. seasons under the head coach James Franklin. What I will be very interested to see—it's a first-year defensive coordinator for Penn State, Manny Diaz, who comes from his head coaching right. his spot at uh, Miami. After that, did not end well in Coral Gables. Comes to Happy Valley. Sean Clifford is back in health. He's super senior who will be the starting quarterback. But Penn State did not have—can you believe this? They did not have a single 100-yard. Single game rusher last year. Mm. How, how does that happen for Penn State? 118th <laughs> a in the lot of the FBS in rushing. Yeah, a lot of so things went wrong with them. You're talking about that bad running game against a rebuilt Purdue defensive line. George Karloftis now yep. probably a starter in Kansas City. Fascinating to see how that one works. And I get why the number is moved. Yeah. I think you understand. Uh, you yep. understand that as well. Pritch great to working with you once you too, again man, we'll see absolutely. you on Tuesday sounds great more Lombardi lineup for that up next it is VC big bets Dave Ross and Ball Shaw from our South Point Sportsbook studios as we say so long for Mike Pritchard I'm Ben Wilson on the Lombardi line from Visa and the Sports Betting Network
0: If you dare.